And so today I want to talk to you about, about worry. And I think a lot of us worry. How many people worry in here? Don't raise your hand. Some of you might be worrying that this sermon might take too long. Amen. How long are you going to have to endure here? Amen. Don't worry. Be happy. Glory to God. And so I started studying things about what people worry about. And some people worry about their kids. Some people worry about their health. Some people worry about the future. Some people worry about their relationships. And they worry about the people of the relationships that they're in. You know, they worry about that. You know, a lot of us, we want to control people. <laughs> you can't control people. Amen. Amen. You can't change people. Amen. You can't change your spouse, your kids. Only God can do that. And for us to be worrying, they're never going to change. Well, they'll never change if you keep talking like that. They're always going to act this way. Well, they probably will. If you keep talking like that, amen? No, put them in God's hands. We, we worry, this one, we worry about what people think about us. Do we worry about that? I wonder if I'm dressed right. I wonder if, I, I wonder if people are going to judge me. You know, in Sea Life Church, this is a no-judgment-free zone. Amen. We're not going to judge you, amen? amen. Praise amen. God. We're going to help you, praise God. Because we're all going through this faith life, and we're all at different levels, and we're all growing glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is not a country club for the perfect. No, it's a hospital for the sick. Yes. And some of us are a little sicker than others, but we'll keep praying for them. Amen. You ever worry about wasting your time? Some people are worried about that right now. <laughs> Some of the visitors. No, I'm kidding. But of wasting your time. <laughs> Some of you are not going to smile, crack a smile, whatever I say. <laughs> I, you know, I was heading out to, uh, we were heading out to D.C., uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, this past week and uh, to visit uh, Yin's uh, family. And her mom came down from Florida to uh, visit uh, family up in D.C., so we thought it would be a great opportunity to come visit uh, her mom. And, you know, we're, you know, I'm excited. We're sort of on a little mini vacation for two days, and, and so I get in the car, and I don't know why I get always upset with traffic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like I don't know that there's going to be traffic at, at, you know, we left a little late at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, wow, traffic! Can you believe it? Now, how many people get upset with traffic in here? You're, I mean, I mean, I'm just like you're just huffing and puffing over traffic, and uh, people cutting in, and you know, it's just traffic. I think that's probably one of my one of my pet peeves. And and I'm in there, and I'm just like, what? What is the problem? Why are people slowing down? Is anybody like that out here? And I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to analyze. You, any analyzers in here? trying to analyze why things are going wrong. And I'm analyzing. I said, what is the problem? And you know, I, I found out because I started studying about people's phobias this week and worry. And I found out some people are afraid of tight places, of small enclosed places. And I thought the tunnel. So, you know, so when everybody comes to the tunnel, they slow down. Why is that? They're freaked out, man. 
they're freaked out, man. We're, yeah, this whole society, the world we're living, we, the world runs in fear. They don't operate in faith. The world doesn't. They operate in fear. I mean, every commercial, you're gonna, you might get this and you might get that. I mean, it's all fear-based. Have you ever, have you ever heard of these commercials? On, you know, this medicine that you can take and, and you're hitting 50, so this is probably going to be your main problem. And it's always throws out these fear things. And, oh, my God, I got to get to the doctor. And then they say, well, listen, if you're dealing with depression, you know, because everybody is, you know, you can take this medicine and this medicine will, will help you. But it also can cause you to be suicidal. <laughs> Have you ever, ever seen those commercials? You take this medicine, but you can also kill yourself. So, you know, nothing's perfect, right? But it can help, you know. Right? I mean, I'm listening to some of these commercials and some of the side effects. I'm thinking, no way, thank you, no thank you. But, you know, you can take the Word of God, and the Word of God has no side effects. The Word of God only has benefits and blessings. And the Word of God will take away the worries and the fear that society tried to put on us. Amen. You know, as I was reading, you know, some people are afraid of global warming. Read your Bible. You wouldn't be afraid of it. Amen? Because God said, when, when I'm done with the earth, then I'm done with it. Man can't, won't be able to destroy the earth it's until God's done with it. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying? Some people are afraid of overcrowding, that the earth would be overcrowded and too much people. It will never happen. Amen. God has made too much resources in this world. It will never happen. Amen. Amen. And, some, and, and what was really interesting was some people are afraid. This is a big one. One of the biggest fears of America. Are you ready for this one? Public speaking. <laughs> people are afraid to talk in front of me. That's why I, I guess that's why I'm having a hard time raising up pastors. I don't know. And, uh, and uh, people are afraid to, to talk in front of a, a group of people. That is a fear. And, you know, actually, people would be more, they would rather die, and that's a fear that people have, than speak in a group of people. In other words, at a funeral, they'd rather be in a casket than given the eulogy. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that ought not be. Because when we know God, then we should not fear man. Amen. When we have a, a relationship with God Almighty, and we're spending time with God, it should take the fear of man out of us. Amen. Amen. Because we're not here to please people. We're here to please God. Amen. And if your heart is to please God, it, you know, it doesn't matter what people think about you. Amen? Amen. What really matters is, is what God thinks about you. Because you're not going to be standing on judgment day in front of people in a crowd. You're going to be standing in front of God. And when you stand in front of God, you're going to have to give an account how you lived your life. Amen. And hopefully you're not living your life for other people, Amen. to please other people. Hopefully you're living your life for God. Yes. Because in that day, that's what's going to count. Amen? Amen? And so we're, we're going to look at worry here. And Jesus had some things to say about worry. And in Matthew 6, 24, and uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, some really good chapters um, about Jesus, and he talks about the Sermon on the Mount, and then he, then he, he, he talks about worry. And we're going to look at this scripture, and we're going to go into the worry chapter, I, I call it. And let's, let's start with Matthew 6, 24, and work our way down. 
And it says here that now some people may uh, debate if this is part of the worry chapter, but I, I would say it has everything to do with it. And in verse 24, it says, No one, this is Jesus speaking, can serve two masters, for he either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So here, you know, right before that, Jesus was talking about laying up your treasures in heaven. And here he, he starts talking about you can't serve God and money. In other words, you can't serve God and wealth. You know, in other words, wealth is competing uh, with God. Riches are competing with God. Now, it shouldn't because within God, you can be wealthy. The Bible says God will add wealth to us and add no sorrow with it. But he adds wealth to us not because we're in love with the wealth. It's because we're in love with God. And because we're in love with God, God loves us and he blesses us. Amen. Amen. And so here, I believe that a lot of fears are connected with our finances. Amen. Amen. It, it not having enough. And this is what Jesus says here. And he says here in Matthew 6, uh, 25, working down, says, Therefore I say to you, see, notice it says, therefore. That's connecting to what he just said about money, about either serving God or money. And he says here, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they are neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Amen. Thus the song, his eye is on the sparrow. And, he, and I know that he cares for me. Amen. So, so are you not more valuable than they? Uh, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his statue? In other words, by worrying, it's not going to make you taller. Amen. If it did, I would be 10 foot tall. Amen. So, so it's not going to add anything to your stature. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is it's its own trouble. Now, we see here that we need to learn to put things in God's hands. And, and worry, really, if we're worrying, really, that is a form of pride. Boy, that's, it's quiet in this church today. And a lot of people say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, it, it's saying that, that, that you have to be in control. You have to be handling the problem. You have to do it, Right. It's a form of you taking charge over that thing and instead of giving it to God. And 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says it this way. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, 
Set aside self-righteousness, righteous pride, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So we see here, Peter is saying here, he's saying that we need to humble ourselves under God. And by how, how do we humble ourselves? By casting our cares on the Lord. Amen. Amen. In other words, that's humility. That's saying, I, I, I'm not big enough to handle it. God, God has to handle this thing for me. I'm not strong enough to handle it. God has to handle this thing for me. I mean, unbelievers, they don't have anything to turn to. Amen. But we have God to turn to. Amen? And so we, we need to understand this. And I believe this, that fear or worry is the root of most of our problems. Amen. Can I say it again? I, I believe that fear or worry is the, is the root of most of our problems. Last week we talked to, about Job in the Old Testament. And Job was a man of God that, um, that, that Satan attacked. And he, you know, his, his life was in, tattered and torn. And uh, we found out, you know, that, that Job really had a hard time. He went through, you know, his bad day. And we talked about Job. But, but what people don't realize, and when you study the scriptures, there's hidden things in the scriptures that you have to pull out. And Job had some fears that was not really revealed, you know, like out there, but it was out there. Job had fears about his children, his wealth, and his health. And let me prove this out, because when you study the book of Job, you'll find out that it said Job made sacrifices for his children, thinking that they may have sinned in their hearts against God, and he made sacrifices on a daily basis, and he did this. And this was right at the very beginning. Before Job was attacked, he was making these sacrifices just in case his kids weren't doing right. You know, you, you, I'm going to say as parents, you just need to give your kids over to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You, you, you're going to have to learn to cast your cares on the Lord and give your children to God and, and start believing the best Amen. over them instead of believing the worst. Amen. And so, so Job had that issue. And in Job 3.25, it says here, uh, this is the real, the, I really believe the key to Job's problem it says in Job 3.25, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. So what this was saying was that Job was, was highly developed in his fears. In other words, he, he was highly developed. In, th in other words, he must have been believing that he could lose it all. He must have been believing that, that, you know, that he was going to eventually lose his health. He must, because he said, the, the very thing I feared. In other words, what fear is, is having faith in the negative. It's saying, oh man, I'm afraid I'm not going you know, to, some of us are afraid we're, we're, we're not going to make it to heaven, you know. No, God is the author and finisher of your faith. And the work he begun in you, he's going to complete to the day of Christ. Amen. Some of us are afraid we're not going to make it to the end. <laughs> but no, put your trust in God. Hallelujah. 
And Job fears, I believe, opened the door for the enemy to come in. I believe that God allowed the enemy to come in so that God could, so that Job could learn some things through the process to know God better because I don't believe that Job repeated the same things or had the same fears after the turmoil that he went through. And the Bible says he came through with double for his trouble. Amen. I believe he learned to trust God. And we're going to have to learn to trust God. God doesn't want us living out of fear. He doesn't want us living our Christian life out of fear. Oh, I better do this or this will happen. That's not, No, we need to walk in faith. If we do this, this will happen. The blessings will come in. Don't, don't, as in tithing, don't say, oh, I got to tithe and the curse is going to come upon me. Say, no, I get to tithe and I will be under an open heaven. Amen. See, there's two ways of looking at it when you're giving to God. You're either giving out begrudgingly and out of fear or you're giving in faith. Yes. Maybe that's why some of our, our giving isn't working and some, some of you you saying, oh, well, I am giving, but are you giving with the right motive? If you, are you giving with the right heart? Are you giving out of love? Amen. Is it motivated by love? Glory to God. And that's and that's where the blessing is. In Philippians 4, 6, I want you to put this in your arsenal because you need this in your arsenal of of scriptures when the enemy attacks you. Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So listen. You're either going to worry or pray, but don't do both. <laughs> In other words, you know, if you're going to worry, don't even worry about, don't even pray. And if you're going to pray, then don't worry. That's what prayer is all about. It's getting God involved. Amen. Really, prayer is not a rehearsal of your problem, but no, it's a confession of the promise. So really, a lot of people think prayer is, God, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. Can't you see I'm suffering? Help me, God. Do this. Do that. And we do this every day in our prayer life. And all we're doing is telling God and we're rehearsing the problem every day. And guess what you're going to have? Problems. No, you need, yeah, there is a time to, to, to talk to God about your problem. But then there's a time to let that, give that problem to God and then pick up God's promise and start speaking that and say, even though I'm going through this problem, God, you're bigger than this problem. And there's going to have to be a time where you let go of the, you know, Job had a problem with, you know, he just kept talking about the issues and the problems through the whole course until God had to talk to him. You know, and he, he wasn't too positive. And a lot of times we're not too positive, positive when we're in the problem, but we need to get positive. Amen. So, so again, let me sum it up. Prayer is giving your problems to the Lord and letting them go. So what happens when we pray and give it to God? Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So as we pray and we give it to God, then guess what? We can experience his peace. And some of you are saying, well, I have done that, but five minutes later, I'm, I'm in turmoil. <laughs> Jesus. 
Have you ever been there? Oh, man, I went to church. I felt good. The pastor prayed for me. It was done. I got in the car. And I, oh, I don't know what happened, man. Are you hearing what I I don't know what happened. You see, my, my whole life is Paul falling apart. It was good in church. It's fine. I only could just keep that church experience. Amen. But you know what? Listen, it's <laughs> in Philippians 8, it said, you know, if you want to keep that, if you want to keep that, you've got to think on things that are good, things that are right, things that are of good report. You want to think of things that are lovely. In other words, you've got to start thinking on the right things and quit thinking on the wrong things. Because the devil will try to put a picture and put the wrong things and show you what's not right going on. But look at what is right going on. Amen. Amen. And you're, you're, you're constantly thinking, but you have to change the way you think. Amen. You have to start thinking right. You know, you know, the Bible actually says this in the love chapter. Love thinks no evil. What does that mean, Pastor? That means we don't think we don't think somebody's, you know, you know, somebody could be whispering over there in a the corner. And you get the thought, they're talking about you. <laughs> like when I preach and two people are talking, oh man, they don't like my sermon, you know. <laughs> then I wanted to give a sermon on whisperers in the church. <laughs> Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Be careful. Don't be whispering to each other. It makes the pastor nervous. And so, but we, but, but really, we have to start thinking right. And so as we think right, we will speak right and we will act right. And we have to think no evil. In other words, we have to believe they're not whispering about us that it's something bad. They're whispering something good. Just turn it around. Amen. Praise God. So that's how we can experience. Now I want to give you three points before I close out today. We're about ready to close out. Three points on how to walk in this grace of peace. Do you want those three points this morning? And, and, and it's, 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 back, it's going back to Matthew 6, 31 and 32. And, and this is what it says. it says. Let's go back to Matthew 6, 31 32. It says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or... What shall we be clothed with? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So what we need to do is, uh, the first key is we just need to get to know God. And some of us know God, but we just need to get to know God better. And see, when you get to know God better, amen, then getting to know God develops your faith. And when you have more faith, you'll have more trust. And when you have more trust, you'll have Less stress, less worry. The more you trust God, the less you worry about things. Are you hearing what I'm saying, Jay? And what we have is we don't have a stress problem. We have a trust problem. We're not trusting God like we need to. And so what we need to do is we need to get to know God more. We need to get to know who he is. He is a good and merciful Heavenly Father. He's loving and kind. He's always there for us. He will never leave us or forsake us. We need to get a revelation of that. We need to get to know him better. Amen. What, what, what here, uh, if, uh, two, we, we need to, uh, well, 
back to this first point that the it says that the people of the world they seek after these things they worry about stuff not having enough because they don't know God and so if you know God you should not worry about those things in other words the second point that, that I'm going to make here is that we need to put God first in every area of our life put God first you know it says in Matthew 6 but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to us listen if we start running after God and his kingdom and doing what he wants us to do he's going to add everything else to us Amen. and he will add no sorrow with it Amen. he will add blessings he will add wealth he will add increase but he won't add any sorrow why because we're not going to be so concerned about keeping it because we know he's keeping us Amen. are you hearing what i'm saying today and if you if you're all wrapped up in what you own and what you have and that's what you know, motivates you, then, then you're, you're, you're in trouble as a Christian. What should motivate you is what you have in God, Amen. eternal life. Amen. Amen. I'm not discounting blessing. I'm not discounting wealth. God has created that all. And, I, and I, I'm not telling you to take a, a vow of poverty this morning, but I'm saying don't put your trust in uncertain riches. Amen. Just because your bank account is full, that should not determine the extent of your happiness. Amen. The, the level of your bank account, the level of your health, the level of your relationships should not, should not uh, you know, give the, the amount of your, of your joy. Amen? Amen. Amen? That should not determine how joyful you are, how fat your bank account is. Amen? Is that, is that good? Because some of us are thinking, well, as soon as I get enough money, I'm going to be happy. As soon as I... No, you won't. As soon as I get that bigger car, it's just going to be a higher, it's just going to be a higher bill Amen. and the gas is going to be more pricier. Amen. You're going to be complaining about something. Boy, this gas, you know, I bought my new Nissan and, I, and, and not more than three months later, I'm saying, boy, this gas, man, it's expensive. It has to take high tests and I'm complaining about the new car I'm driving because of the gas. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? No, but God will satisfy you. Amen. Amen? And then we, the, the third key is that we need to live one day at a time. Don't open your umbrella until it's time to rain. Amen. Live one day at a time. That's what Jesus said here. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. So what is he saying here? He's saying is that God will give you faith for today. He's not giving you faith for tomorrow and next week. The faith you run on is the faith that you're walking in today. He will give you faith for today. Don't worry about if you're going to be able to make it tomorrow. Just make it today. Yes. Amen. Say, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to be living for Christ next week. Just live for him today. Amen. Just do your best today. Yes. Just walk with him today. Yes. And guess what? Then the next day comes up and just do the same thing. And the next day comes, and pretty soon you have a legacy of faith. Pretty soon now you've been living for God all your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because you just take it one day at a time. Amen. Putting God first place in your life. Making Him the central figure in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And as you take these keys, and you focus on these keys, I believe you'll be walking in more peace. You'll be walking in more rest. Glory to God. You're not going to have fear control you. 
You're not going to have the circumstances manipulate you. No, you're going to have the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in a path of righteousness for His name's sake. He will lead you beside the still waters. Amen. He will restore your soul. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located at 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.